Former Scott Drew assistant coaches have Baylor's number. Is that even going to change tonight? This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked on Baylor brought to you by FanDuel. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I am your host, Cam Stewart. We are looking ahead to the Butt Bowl on the hardwood, Baylor and Texas Tech. And I do, if you're apologizing, if you're apologizing, if you're watching on YouTube, I have to apologize because I'm wearing red on a day that Baylor plays Tech, but it's also, I'm recording this on Beanpot Monday, so I'm wearing my BU Terrier Scarlet. That's why I only root for teams with the initials BU. And BU faces TT in the butt bowl on the hardwood tonight from Foster Pavilion, 8 o'clock nationally televised on ESPN or ESPN2, one of them. Uh, That's why it's on at 8 o'clock. And I had this whole thing ready to go about how tough Texas Tech is as a team, but it just seems repetitive because so many teams in this conference are like that. I'm going to talk more about Tech in the second segment and a bit of good football news too, but first, I had to talk a little bit more. I had to close the book on Saturday's game against Iowa State because so much of the post game and obviously yesterday's episode had to do with the refereeing and the officials, and as well it should have. We, we needed to spend time on that to talk about how egregious that was and the need for change. But what gets lost in it was a pretty darn good basketball game. Um, it was good the whole time up till the 20 to nothing run, if you're a Baylor fan, because it looked like it was going to be a double-digit Bears victory um, in a signature situation against a team that is near the top of your conference and one that I think has ambitions towards an elite eight final four kind of kind of team uh well coached good built good good makeup of the roster and they play with a very gritty and effective style and Baylor was taking them to the woodshed in the first half of that game and barring a half court heave banked in three that actually counted uh Baylor would be up 15 at the half with 40 points against a top five defense in the entire country and a plus 13 rebound advantage on a team that really butters their bread on the offensive glass. So all that to say, Baylor was playing really well, probably their best half of the season. Um, And honestly, considering the competition as good as I've seen this team play in probably two years, I'd, I'd have to go back and think about that. I, I, I thought they play the only other one that I can think of is the home win against Kansas last year. They they really played very well in that game, as well as the the Texas home game where everyone just understood their roles well and it looked like the way it was supposed to look. It looked the way it was supposed to look on Saturday. Until Jeb Hartness and his crew took the game into their own hands, it looked the way it was supposed to look. And obviously on the very good end, you're not gonna blow out teams in the Big Twelve night in, night out, but they were on pace to do that because they were shooting the three well on top of all the other things they were doing well. And obviously it, the refs really aid a 20 to nothing run, but what's maybe more impressive than the way Baylor played in the first half was how they played down the stretch after letting Iowa state score 20 straight points. And all of a sudden being down seven in winning time, 
Baylor turned it around, and it really has a lot to do with the backcourt. And even if these guys, even these Bears guards play at their very best, I don't know if it'll be the best backcourt in the Big 12, but it's right up there. And the steps that we have seen taken from Ray J. Dennis and Jaden Nunn the last couple of games cannot be overlooked. Like that has not necessarily given Baylor a different element, but has given them so much more quality. You know, Jaden Nunn has been terrific on the defensive end the whole year. Um, and he has really improved his efficiency on the offensive end, even through the losing streak. He was he was getting much better at that, much better at his shot selection, especially. Um, and he's the hero of the game on Saturday. He misses three free throws and turns the ball over in the final, just in the final minute of the game. And yet he's the hero because he forces a turnover and gets the game winning basket with two seconds left. Like this, I think this is the Jaden Nunn experience. I think this is the chaos he brings you. But I, I also think that more often than not going forward, it's going to be a beneficial chaos rather than, you know, some of the chaos we saw at the end of regulation against Oklahoma State, the end of regulation against Kansas State. Um, he is going hard to the basket. He's getting to the free throw line. Last minute of Saturday's game aside, his free throw shooting has gotten a lot better. And the other guy is Ray J. Dennis. You know, I, I raved about him uh, after the win against UCF last week, in the in the middle of last week, that's Wednesday. Um, but it's true. This, this team will go as Ray J. Dennis goes. Last year, we said that about Jalen Bridges. The year before, it was it was James Akinjo. Um, and the year before that, they would just go the way of beating everybody. They didn't need to necessarily count on one guy. And I'm not saying they only count on Ray J. Dennis, but it's one of those guys that you can tell if he's having a good night, Baylor's going to have a good night. If he's not having a good night, they might still win, but it's it's going to be it's going to be more of a struggle than it would be normally. And he has been absolutely the floor general that we were promised coming into this season, the last few games. Even even the tail end of that losing streak, Ray J. Dennis played a lot better. He wasn't turning the ball over as much. And it feels weird for me to rave about him after this Iowa State game because assisted turnovers were terrible. He only had one assist and I think five or six turnovers. But then he made big shots down the stretch. So when you look at the UCF game where he only has 10 or 11 points, but he owns the court in the second half, it's kind of the flip against Iowa State. So he, what I'm trying to say is no matter the night he is having, he can make plays for you to win important basketball games, to win tough basketball games, whether it's just the way he's controlling the tempo, whether it's the way he's dishing it to his teammates, or whether it's the way he's hitting corner threes, man. I mean, the Jaden Nunn gets the game winner, but maybe the biggest shot of that game is, is with, what, a minute and a half, two minutes left. Baylor's up one. They've just retaken the lead. And Ray J. Dennis, three ball, corner pocket, bang. I mean, the roof comes off the place. He has absolutely stepped up as the leader that this team was beckoning for. And the leader that he thought he was, even when he wasn't showing it on the court. Does that make sense? You know, the early part of that losing streak, he was taking too many shots down the stretch, and we're like, Ray J probably just isn't that guy. Turns out he is that guy. 
he just doesn't need to be taking every shot down the stretch. And I think he's realized that and he has made the ones that he has taken down the stretch. And the other important part about him is he's your only primary ball handler. I think he's leading the big 12 in minutes per game. It's, it's close to 40. Um, he, he very rarely comes out. Jay Nunn and Langston love can give you ball handling in short spurts, but Ray J Dennis is your guy. Very similar to what we saw in, in 2022 with James Akinjo. The way those two guys have stepped up have also has also been huge for Langston Love, who had a bit of a down game against Iowa State. And if he had had that two weeks ago, Baylor would have gotten killed because he was, at times, their only scoring option. Well, that allows guys to just play into their roles a lot better. So that's the positives that came out of Saturday's game against Iowa State. But us fans, it ain't going to be much of nothing if they don't beat Texas Tech coming up tonight. So we're going to look at the Red Raiders after this message from our great friends over at FanDuel. Because today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and an official NFL partner. And it is we're coming up on the very best day of the year for places like FanDuel and putting in those bets. That is coming up this Sunday with the Super Bowl. Look, I don't really care who wins it. I know most of you don't don't really care either. You're just worried about getting that good seat, getting the snack, and placing some prop bets like I am worried about. That's all I'm worried about, okay? I, I love betting on what color that Gatorade's going to be or how long the National Anthem's going to be. It's my favorite. It's my favorite betting day of the year. And not only can you bet on who is going to win Super Bowl 58, because that's Obviously, you're going to do that too. Uh, but there's so many ways you can end your season with a win uh, because you can also bet on which players will score a touchdown, how many points there'll be, all those fun prop bets. All of it is available on FanDuel. And new customers, if you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So Tech's a good team, okay? They're a good team. Now, they're not on a good stretch. Um, they have lost back-to-back games, but before that, they were literally at the top of the conference. So it, it, it's not like th- this is this was a fluke team. They've, they've shown um, that, that they are not that. And even at five and three, they are still tied in the loss column for top of the Big 12. There's Kansas and Houston who are at the top at at six and three. Obviously, Kansas has the tiebreaker in that now. And then it's Baylor, Tech, and Iowa State all at five and three. So tied in the loss column down there and TCU right behind them at five and four. So look, we know the parity of this conference, but that just shows you how big this game tonight is. I I said it using the soccer terminology where you get three points for a win. This is a six-point game. It would, it's a win for whoever wins gets not only the win, but knocks direct competition in the loss column. And one thing that cannot be understated is how much Baylor has struggled against really desperate teams this year. We saw it with Michigan State. 
We saw it with Kansas State. We saw it with Texas. And even to some degree, TCU. Okay? Like, that's four of your five losses right there were against desperate teams. And I know those are tough to play against, but at some point, A, when you had a three-game losing streak, at some point, you need to be a desperate team. And B, the great teams beat desperate teams. They don't, they don't give an inch. And I think tonight's contest will be a good mark as to whether that, whether Baylor could do that, whether Baylor can be that, whether they can be the, the front runners at the top of this conference that might slip up here and there against the odd desperate team, but doesn't lose to a team every time they're desperate, which is what they are right now. Baylor, for if you're a Baylor fan, you'd rather see the opposition coming off a big win rather than coming off a couple of losses in a row. And this is a great test because not only is Tech coming off of back-to-back losses, but they're banged up too. They've got a couple of guys who... Uh, didn't play or saw limited minutes last game. Uh, Lamar Washington, who's a starting guard, did not play on Saturday. And Warren Washington, no relation, um, was pretty limited. He couldn't start the game. Uh, looks like he's going to play in this one tonight. And that, for me, brings up the most intriguing matchup, which is Warren Washington, the senior who was played at, I think this is his fourth different school, um, in seven foot 230 against a kid who is not only a freshman and only at one school, but is supposed to still be a senior in high school, also at seven feet, and actually just <clears throat> just a few pounds heavier than Warren Washington and Eve Misi. Misi has talked about a few times how he is starting to like really revel in the in the uh, the physicality that the Big 12 and, and the college game brings about. And he has loved getting used to that. He said it was a learning curve coming into the conference schedule, but he feels his game has gotten tougher. And Scott Drew has said that, that he one of the things he challenged Eve Misi and his big guys with was playing tougher than they were in the, in the non-conference schedule. And he's absolutely shown that on both ends of the court. And this is a good test for him. Warren Washington is not going to be Rudy Gobert or anything, but he is a very solid Big 12 starter who is more mature um, than Eve Misi is, although I am I am I have been pleasantly surprised at how mature Eve Misi's game is. Um, I think this is one of those games where Misi can go out and not dominate this kid, but go pound for pound with him and have a pretty good game like he's been having recently. That doesn't necessarily put a lot of fans on notice across the nation, but it does to players and coaches and, and the educated fans uh, who, who watch him night in, night out. Uh, Washington, I mean, he's no slouch, man. He averages 10 points, eight rebounds, and a block and a half a game, which sounds a lot like Eve Misi's numbers. So if Eve can do it against a similar player who can bang with anybody in the Big 12, that's that's awesome for me. And the other one, of course, is Tech's best player, and that's Pop Isaacs. And the matchup isn't going to be like for like, but I'm saying Pop Isaacs against the Baylor backcourt, okay? We know Jaden Nunn can be a damn good defender. And we know he takes a lot of pride in that. So if he's trying to be like off-night Davion Mitchell, these are the nights that you prove it. Because no disrespect to Pop Isaacs, he's a hell of a player. 
But Davion Mitchell would have had this dude in hell because he had everyone in hell. Jaden Nunn, this is a not necessarily a prove it game, but a take your game to the next level kind of game, if that makes sense. If he can have a good game against Pop Isaac. So that the matchup I'm looking at, Isaacs versus the backcourt, is Jaden Nunn matched up on him defensively. And I want to see if Ray J can produce the way Pop Isaacs does offensively um, because he's had a terrific run, I think, over nine games. He's averaging t- over 20 points a game. Um, he has been he's been in double figures 12 straight and 20, 20 not, 21 points a game in that 12-game span, and he's led the team in scoring 10 times. So, like, when he's on, he can he can fill it up big time. Like the way we saw Jameer Nelson Jr. do it against Baylor a few weeks ago in that TCU triple overtime game. That's what Pop Isaacs can do night in, night out. So that that's what really intrigues me because we know the way college basketball is going these days, not just in the Big 12, but in the Big Dance. It's very guard-driven. That's what has brought Baylor to so much success over the last five years is the guard play. And I truly think this backcourt that you have right now, and I'm I'm lumped. I'm lumping in Langston Love with the with the two starters. I think those guys can be one of the best backcourts in the whole conference, which is a pretty good conference for that kind of thing. And if they are able to produce the way Pop Isaacs does and can shut him down on the defensive end, that will really prove it. That will really prove it. So I'm looking at Eve Meese versus Warren Washington in the middle. And I'm looking at Pop Isaacs versus the Baylor backcourt in general. Um, it seems simple, but yeah, the little guys and the big guys. If Baylor wins those battles, they're probably going to win the game. But absolutely no gimme against Tech. Um, they're not the top offense in in the conference, but they're pretty darn close in every category. They're like Baylor averages 84 points a game, which is a little inflated with the non-conference schedule and having a triple overtime game. Uh, where they scored 100 uh, a few games ago. But Tech has steadily been between like 77 and 81 points. They're at 78 right now, 77.9. Um, and they they hover around that. That's been a legit like almost 80 points a night in the Big 12. That's scary. And they ain't even Grant McCaslin's guys. And we have not seen Scott Drew do particularly well against his former assistants. He is 0-3 against Jerome Tang here in the conference. Grant McCaslin is one hell of a coach. And if you're a tech fan, having him at the helmet basketball and Joey McGuire at the helmet football, that's this is going to be a nice little decade for you guys, I would say. Uh, so that's something else to worry about. Can Scott Drew overcome and uh, beat one of his old assistants? I hope so. I sure hope so. But no gimme, no gimme tonight. I, I like the way Baylor's been playing. Um, and I think, again, we could have saw the best performance of the year on Saturday. I think they carry it over into tonight. I hope the three-point shooting still goes down, but I've got Baylor in a tight one in this one. So let me know what you think. Uh, score predictions down in the comments below. It's, it's still kind of a toss-up for a lot of people, but I've got Baylor in a close one in the butt bowl over Tech. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Look, we're talking sports. I know we're always talking sports and we kind of do that as an escape, but time time has come 
to talk about real life, okay? Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I, I really, I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than one of my loved ones getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication that they need. Thankfully, we're going to be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any one of us. So visit jacemedical.com, complete that physician encounter. It's going to be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and then the medications are going to be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. But that's not all. Because if you go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code locked on, you will get $20 off your first order. Again, that's jace, J A S E, medical.com, and use the offer code locked on to get $20 off that first order. Football, man. Baylor has been hot on the trail of this class of 2025. They've got the number one recruiting class for 2025 in the Big 12. Take that however with however much however much salt you want, okay? I get it. At least a grain of salt. It's it's a year and a half away before they uh, over a year before they even step foot on campus um and for even the early enrollees and we don't know fair or otherwise who the coach is going to be at that time. But that said, for as much as this regime has struggled to recruit, especially locally, you have to give them some flowers when they're getting big time commitments from 2025. They're getting four star flips from 2025. They're getting a lot of those prospects in the building, like some of the top prospects in the nation in that class in the building, which is not something they had last year or the year before. So that, 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 that is something that is positive momentum. It, there are people out there who will look at it negatively because it is two years away. Not me. I, I have to take the positives where they come. and. One of the very best 2025 prospects that I've seen, and look, that's not all of them, but the, one of the best that I've seen, Taz Williams Jr. out of Red Oak, just visited Baylor and loved it. Did the pictures and everything, and he's echoed the same thing that all these recruits are talking about, whether they've been good, bad, five-star, three-star, zero-star. They have said, it feels different here at Baylor. It feels like family. The coaches really value me, and that's something I love. Bang. If that's going to be your recruiting method, which it has been under 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 the Aranda regime, as long as it works, I am here for it. And if it can bring in a kid like Taz Williams, man, can't argue with it. Absolutely can't argue with it. Because Taz Williams, while... uh on three actually has Baylor with a percentage chance on there. 24 seven doesn't even have them in the running because he is looking at places like Texas, A&M, Alabama has been recruiting him. Ohio state's been recruiting him. Um, TCU is, is also one. If you want to put that in there too, um, that have been looking at the red Oak prospect. And this kid is one of the few that I've seen live. He is, let me just put it this way. I saw him play last year against Lake Belton, uh, Micah Hudson, the five-star biggest recruit in Texas Tech history. Um, Taz Williams went pound for pound 
with Micah Hudson in that game, and Red Oak actually won that game in overtime. Um, they're very similar style of player. You know, they're not the biggest guys. They're not the Randy Moss types. He's six feet tall and, and 180 pounds. Um, but what they are is they're not, you know, freak athletes. They're damn good football players, and they're pretty darn good athletes too. Um, like you don't see this brilliant speed going down the don't going down the field, but you see it when the ball's in the air. You know, a lot like the comp that I use for the NFL is Brandon Cooks, small guy but deep threats because their closing speed is incredible. Their ball skills are awesome. Like everything that I could have said positively and will say positively about Micah Hudson. I saw in Taz Williams in that game, the guy is a playmaker. In fact, London Smith from University High, who I've talked about in this program before and another Baylor target in the class of 2026, um, his game is very similar to Taz Williams. Again, not these long, lanky kids, but guys who just straight up make plays. And what Baylor and every school in the nation needs are a bunch of dudes, a bunch of playmakers, and Taz Williams is that. He is a legit top 50 prospect in in the class. Um, he's graded out at least four stars by almost everybody um, and right around that 88, 89, 90 overall range. In fact, I'm looking at on threes now, 89.93. If you got that in a class and your professor wasn't an absolute a-hole, you would round that up to an A. So right now he's an A player. And don't be surprised if you're following him throughout Red Oak season this year if he doesn't get a fifth star added on there. He's that good. So what is the deal, man? Is it all Keenan Hall? Is this just all the Keenan Hall effect? Uh, by the way, he was looking at SMU. It's on the on three tracker. But Keenan Hall was mainly looking at running backs there. That could play a part in this, absolutely. And if Keenan Hall can keep flipping four stars and get four stars to come here over Texas and Ohio state and Alabama and all these schools make him the head coach for all I care. I, I honestly don't even care what his X's and O's are. If he can bring these kids in here, that's as valuable as any college coach in America. And he is showing signs of that. And now I'm going to get myself excited, even on the long shot prospect that Taz Williams actually considers Baylor, let alone commits to Baylor. Let me know what you think about this recruiting regime. Am I getting too am I getting too ahead of myself looking at all the 2025s? Are you going to be a negative Nancy? Usually that's my job. I'm going to be positive about this cuz I love the way it's trending. How do you feel about the basketball game tonight? Give me a score prediction please down below. And about about Jaden Nunn. Am I am I giving him too many flowers here? I don't think so, man. A lot of the things you you don't see in the box score. Uh and Ray J Dennis as well. I think he's becoming a terrific leader on this team. Be sure to leave that in the comments below. Comment your favorite ice cream, comment uh, how much you hate me, comment, I don't know, anything helps the algorithm. Uh, also, like and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends about it. We're the only ones that bring you nothing but Baylor Athletic content five days a week that's not coming straight from the university. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. Sick'em butt bowl on Locked on Baylor.